Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, the place for advice and guidance you can apply to your farming operation immediately to increase your yields, ROI, and profits. Soil, sunlight, and water are the three most important resources in crop production. Let ADS help manage your water resource in a productive and sustainable manner. Good for your farm, good for your profits, and good for your future farming generations. Advanced drainage systems, their reason is water. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey, welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you give us an investment of minutes and we give you a return on your investment of days, weeks, months, even years. That's right. You're going to learn from others' mistakes. You're going to learn from the progress, the processes, and the mistakes that other farmers have made. I'm sitting here with Chad Henderson today. We're going to talk to you about farming in the path of progress that's right as teased you are out there farming maybe you're on the you're on the fringe of suburban and urban development next thing you know a big chunk of ground that you've been farming for a long time your family's been farming for a long time and next thing you know it's being offered for commercial development for fifty thousand dollars an acre what do you do more importantly, what do you do when you want to expand your operation? There ain't no way you can do that. Those are the questions we're going to ask. We're going to talk to Chad Henderson of Henderson Farms, and we know that this is very applicable to a lot of people. Mr. Henderson, talk to me. This is happening. Tell, just in case they've never heard from you, where are you farming and why is this an issue? So we're in uh, Madison. It's on the outskirts of Huntsville, Alabama. It's in the north part of Alabama. It would be, um, say, an hour and a half south of Nashville, um, 30, 40 miles south of the Tennessee state line. But but it's a it's a, it's a really growing area uh, in Alabama. Yeah, so uh, I stayed there uh, just last night. It's got boatloads of hotels, motels, uh, airport. It's, it's it's absolutely crazy. And so these fields that you used to farm are now being turned into um, warehouses, commercial development. You just lost one. Tell me about that. Well, the first thing you hope to do is you just hope to get to ride with them or go with them, cash that check. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a big deal. You know, you get to just for once. You know, you. You on the big end of that money? Yeah, well, I've never <laughs> sold. I've never sold a chunk of ground for sixty thousand dollars an acre. But uh, but if I had, to, and you can't blame these people. If you're yeah, a farmland yeah. owner, and all of a sudden you can sell something for sixty grand an acre, yeah. you'd be foolish not to. That's right. right. That's right. Uh, you know, you you hope to be a good tenant of the farm. We have several uh, out of out of state landlords and things of that nature, and and you know you want to help them the best they can with the, with the farmland that they've got. Uh, we hope to encourage them to reinvest in some sort of land, you know, whether it's here or whether it's a hundred miles from here. Yeah. So you've got this tenant that says, Hey, Chad, I've, you know, I've been written my farmland to your, uh, to your grandfather, your father for a long, long time. We're not unhappy. It's just that, you know, progress is knocking and we can make a lot of money here. You say, I understand. Um, is there a chance you'll 1031 exchange and roll that money over into another chunk of farmland and then we can be your operator there. And does that happen? That does. It it does. It does happen. And we and we try to help them pick and choose land, you know, that's closer to us or, or you know, that's applicable for us to farm. So it, it happens on a regular basis. Yeah, and then, then it becomes them them looking at the investment and saying, okay, you're offering us this amount. That's a this much return, blah, blah, blah. And it just becomes yeah. a, a and, pure investment. And then we want, to, want them to look down the road where they're doing this again five years down the road, ten years down the road. So we're trying to help them make better investments. Yeah, so the one that you just lost, uh, tell us about that one specifically. Um, well, well, one we just lost was about a half. It was a half a farm. Uh, it was around 275 acres. They come in and got somewhere around 150 of it. And they're still, you know, looking for other areas. That farm had been in their family, I think, 
three year, uh, three generations, three to four generations. Three to know. four generations. They peeled off 150 of 275 acres, and the price on that one was? Um, I don't really know, you know, but neighborhood have had to be a neighborhood of fifty to seventy thousand. <laughs> you know. All right. So you you said, hey, for uh, just a portion of that money, you can go and uh, roll that over, tax deferred. Uh, and have they done that? Are you uh, looking? You're on the hunt. They're on the hunt. They're on the hunt. We're on the hunt. So you know, it's it's we're always looking in this area for things of that nature. But you know, it's hard for them. You know that, and I say them. I say landowners. You know, they've never. A lot of them have never purchased land, so it's new to them. You know, it's been in the family farm. They, they're, they're new to this. They don't want to be the one to make a mistake on purchasing farm ground like this. And purchasing farm ground is not it's not an easy thing to do, you know. And and so they don't want to go out here and give $20,000 an acre, but they just sold some for sixty. you know. And, and it's back in investments, you know. Everybody wants to get 10 to 1. Right. Yeah, and that's not going to happen on a farm <laughs> on a farmland investment. You're not going to get that. Not close to where they're at. No. You have to go a long ways. Uh, and of course, if you told them, well, look at the appreciation you just got on the existing place. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so you lose the ground, and then you say, all right, I still want to keep my acres up because my business is predicated on having acres to farm. You're obviously mm-hmm. capitalized with your machinery, your right. employees, et cetera. So you need a certain number of acres. Uh, what happens if they don't get that thing rolled over, if they don't get that thing, that next chunk bought, uh, where do you go? Well, we just keep evolving. You know, as farmers, that's all we've ever done is keep evolving. You know, this thing started out and it, we, you know, you, you'll run up in acres and you'll run down in acres in areas that are like this, you know? So, you know, you, you never know. You don't know what the, what the good Lord's going to bless you with either way. So if you're an 8,000 acre operation, where, how much has that fluctuated based on these kinds of things where a chunk of ground sells off for development and then two years later you pick something up? Is it a 500 acre? 500 acre swings. A lot so, of times it's 500 acre swings. So sometimes you're a 7,500 acre operation, uh, se- sometimes or, or, you're an 8,500 yeah, acre or down operation. To, and then you have river bottoms and things like that that you may not be able to work. You know, a lot of certain years, you know, you may swing down to a 7,000, 6,500 acre farm, and then you, then, you know, it's just, then it's nine, farming. Then you're up to 9,000. Yeah, it's, it's farming. Uh, on these kinds of things with the, the development coming out here, um, you know, do you, do you look at this almost fatalistically and say, good God, we're not going to be in business in another 10 years? No, nah, you know, you, you do. Part of, you know, you hate to lose a place. You know, you hate, you hate for that to happen, you know, but you understand completely where they're coming from. And, and yes, that thought crossed your mind, and yes, you worry about that. So you just have to think outside the box a lot. It's what we've tried to do. You know, we've we've moved and we're farming uh, right now as far as 140 miles away. Um, I would advise if you do that to to look at latitude and longitude. You know, you, you need to you need to go north and south, not east and west. <laughs> yeah, that that was an interesting point we talked about before we started recording. Was that okay? You looked at it and said all right, um, I need to go and pick up some ground and uh, because, because you're losing this. So good example, you, you're losing this, and you said, all right, how did that come about? Because you're not talking about a mile down the road. You're not talking about even the next county over. You're talking about a long way away. So you're always looking at, she's losing this potentially, this place, 337 acres up the roads for sale for 23 grand mm-hmm. an acre. Then you said, all right, what if I can find something else that's not necessarily next township over? <laughs> How'd that come about? Yeah, well, it, you know, 
I got a phone call one night and said, hey, I think I'm going to kind of semi-retire. Would you like to work some of my ground? And it was a, you know, a friend, friend of a friend, things of that nature, and, and wanted somebody different in the area. So we said we would try it, you know, and, and we looked at it and thought about it and then prayed about it and then looked at it and thought about it and prayed. You know, so, so it's, it's a long journey to try something like this. But the, so, call, you know, the call came. The call but came the, but to the you. the call came to me. And, but we've, because you know, of networking and people. Because of networking and people. And so uh, he's, a, he's a large operator himself, but he's just starting to hand off some of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So tell us about, you picked up, what is it, how much? Uh, somewhere around 1,200 acres. Over there. In one spot. And it's how far away? 140 miles. Okay. <laughs> and as you said, the problem with 140 miles is not that you're, you're happy to have that land and you, you know how to do it. Uh, you're now farming at a distance because you're getting infringed upon, but it's the same latitude as you, which means they're probably getting the same weather, but they're for sure same timing on uh, when things need to get planted, mm-hmm. sprayed, harvested, yep. et cetera. So yep. talk about So it's a little different soil type, so, but it will it is within a week to 10 days of the planting date the same, which is pretty rough on us at times and spraying and harvesting and those things of those nature. So it makes it just, uh, it's, just w- it's just like you picked it up next door because yeah. it's the exact same climatological yeah. issues except for soil types are a little bit variable uh, from what you have. It, the problem it, is... Yeah, if we'd have went north or south, then we would have been two, two and a half weeks. <laughs> you know, if we'd have went north or south, it would have been two and a half weeks span. It would have been much easier. Yeah. Always. But... It's so what you, you live and learn, right? So timing means that it's basically like it was right next door um, because it's the same time frames on all the stuff that you've got to do. But the part, bad part is you got to load stuff up on a trailer. So talk yep. about the physical act of farming that property. Yeah, you know, we drive stuff. If you drive a tractor over, it's six hours. So we drive tractors and planters. Uh, we haul a combine or haul a sprayer, you know. So it just, logistically, you just have to figure out how many people you've got, what people's available that day, and if it's faster for me to drive it or it is for me to haul it. Did that factor in uh, on what you said you could pay for it, or did you just decide for a chunk that big you you eat the travel? Yeah, um, it, it was definitely because you had a chunk that big. Uh, we It would have been very difficult for us to go over for two or 300 acres. You know, that, that wouldn't have really made sense um a lot of people think you know well we're just trying to work a large amount of acres and and that's not entirely true they don't understand what we're thinking we're trying to figure out how far we can farm because we know how suburban is coming to us so we need to figure out ahead of time before it all of a sudden approaches in on us and then we're like hey we have no land now we got to figure this out how far can we farm in which way so now i'm kind of testing the waters on which way to go and how far to go this is the first year this is a second, second year. year. Well, this is a third year, and we've had two complete crops. Okay, so two complete crops. How'd it work year one? Uh, year one, everything worked great. Like I said, a big learning curve, huge learning curve. But we had, you know, we kind of had infrastructure in place. First of all, they already had a kind of a farm there. You know, we had shops and sheds, so we was able to put stuff under the shed there. Um, then we just took in, we had corn there the first two years, and we took nitrogen tanks over, you know, so you had big tanks. And the thing was, you know, you would have some chemical I would haul there, got to where we was figuring out who we could call and to get things shipped in, you know, because we yeah, would have... Your, your vendors, did your vendors stay the same? Some of the vendors stayed the same. Some of the vendors agreed to carry stuff over to keep our business. Some of them was new vendors. We try to buy stuff from the area to try to keep support their economy in their area, yeah. you know, so I try to stay loyal to them as well over there. Boots on the ground. Uh, 
um, you know, I'm still a farm guy. I go out and walk with my dogs around the property that I own, and I'll call my tenant and say, hey, did you notice this? Or, hey, I'm noticing this. Uh, 140 miles away, you're not out walking with your dog every morning or yeah. in that property. Yeah. So tell me what that looks so, like. So like I said, the landlord over is a he still lives on the farm, so me and him talk on a regular basis, or he and dad talk, or, or me or dad or Stuart, one of us will, will be go over that way. We try to go over at least once every 10 days, mm-hmm. you know, or when we're doing other things it'll be quicker than that so we, yeah, we stay close to him you want to you want to see what's and going we're going to see what's going on and then we'll talk to him on a regular basis as well uh so you gotta know when it rains uh how much the, it rains mm-hmm. you know and we've got a lot of stuff now you know you've got climate and things of that nature where you can put the pen in and you know you have weather stations and there's a lot of things that you know Te- that play into now technology that can help you do that so technology does make it easier to farm 140 miles away yeah. um you're you're doing a pretty good job of this whole thing of managing it, and uh, the Huntsville area Metroplex seems to be coming your way. What thing surprised you? Like, you know, you said you didn't want to get caught off guard, so you started looking at what your other options are. How long did it take you? What thing surprised you? What thing struck you? Like, darn, I got to do something. Well, like I said, it's always been here. It was, it was I guess the big thing is when Toyota Mazda come in out here and bought 3,200 acres in one block. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was really like, you know, this is going to happen. And, you know, they're selling off 20 acres or 40 acres, you know. But when you take something big, a plant like that, it's going to produce 500 cars a day. Mm-hmm. And they come in and buy an area like that of some of the best ground that was in the county. It's really an eye-opening experience for everybody. Yeah, because then everything peripherally around that becomes worth more. And then, and, then and the then next neighbor says, well, I've only got an 80-acre chunk, but for God's sakes, it, it could be a, a, a warehouse. Right. Uh, it could be right. a supplier. Right. Yeah. So, anyway, we got a we got, we got a, a guest coming in. Yeah, yeah. That's right. We'll be talking to him in a little bit. He's up for the next episode. Okay, continue here then, Chad. Uh, advice you would give somebody that's out there on the fringe, you know, they're on the edge of Columbus, Ohio. They're farming outside of, uh, Chicago. uh wherever. wherever this happens all over. Yeah. This is, we're what, not, we're not new to this learning, learning. Cause we, we said we're going to shorten their learning curve. What things about farming on the fringe on the path of progress have you learned that somebody else is going to have to do? They want to continue their farming operation. And next, thing you know, a commercial development's coming. Yep. Well, you know, if you talk to, you know, if you have to talk to Stuart about this, talk to dad, they'll have different opinions as well. But we looked at a lot of things. We looked at the logistics of hauling the grain where's your grain gonna go is it coming back this way it can't come back home we can't haul it 140 miles back home so there we had to develop a market there mm-hmm. and to see if that market was applicable for us to make any money there right so there's a lot of things that goes into it first of all like i said try to make it to where it is north or south where it's different in the planting and harvesting season number one number two is check the markets and see let's see where what the grain prices are you may be getting a better basis or a lower basis there you know so so know those numbers and see if it's makes any sense to that part of it mm-hmm. those are first couple of things that's very important uh and then know the highways how easy is it for the transportation to be you know um most of this going over we have uh, one stretch it's a lot of two-lane roads it's pretty rough on us yeah moving moving equipment moving down two equipment. lane road yeah look and, at look at the highway yeah. system look at how many multiple ways there are to get there yeah i mean it's one thing to go on a two-lane highway when you got to take a combine and uh, heads uh eight miles yeah, away and six, even then miles. even then it's dangerous yeah 10 but, or 15 miles but we'll but we'll run a stretch that's 40 or 50 miles two lane okay you also talked about vendors you know okay by the way, do you notice the most important thing, dear listener and viewer? Chad didn't say his advice was fight it. 
He didn't yeah. say fight encroachment. He didn't say uh, try and go and fight development because yeah. guess what? Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, you, you better embrace it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the airport's expanding. Uh, yeah. Toyota's coming. Yeah. The subdivision's going to get developed. There, right. There's a developer with a whole bunch of hedge fund money that's going to make sure that that gets done. Mm-hmm. So your one advice didn't say you didn't say uh, fight it. You said just roll with it. You know, we don't put up signs that said hog house is coming, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, right. So uh, what about going, what about, this is the one thing you see. Then all of a sudden you say, man, I got to stay in business. You go next door to a friendly competitor, friendly neighbor, and all of a sudden you try and bid up the stuff that they're, uh, you, you didn't do that. You didn't, you didn't go next door and, and wreck the marketplace. Yeah, well, you know, we're, again, we're neighbors here. You know, we, we're you know, all the farming family community here has, has all got to work together on this deal. And, and, you know, we learn from each other's mistakes. You know, they've asked people, farmers have asked me about what you think about going over there. Well, there's good days and bad days with it going that far away. You know, you're away from home for two or three or four days at a time. You know, nobody wants, everybody wants to sleep in their own bed. Mm-hmm. You know, there's things of that nature, but you're trying to do it for, it's a bigger purpose. You know, we're a family farm. My son's in this farming operation and, and I want to have farmland for him to to farm you know if i could have two or three of these farms i don't need to work ten thousand acres i don't need to work eight thousand acres if i could work three or four thousand acres cut the crew back and then just work it on three main farms it might be just as uh you know because again this is not about making bushels it's about making money i like that from a yield from a yield contest winner he says it's not about making bushels um the uh other thoughts that you have that we haven't covered in this episode when we talk about farming in the path of progress, because there's a whole bunch of people out here. They've got their capital investment. They got to have the acres. Next thing you know, they lose they lose half of it because of a big commercial development comes in. What other last advice? What thing did we not cover? Learning learning lesson that you've uh, you've gotten. Um, you know, figure out. Hope that you have a real good relationship with your landlords to know what's coming, where they keep you kind of posted on. Hey, they've, they've, people's made an offer on this or people made an offer on that. The worst thing you want to do is go out here and put out, you know, two ton of lime on it and lime's a two or three year deal, you know, and then we've just spread three ton of lime on it, two or three ton of lime. And then all of a sudden it's gone, Yeah, you know, and, and, and you I, don't, I, I wish, I wish you had told me, I wish you had told me that Boeing was going to come yeah, in and put yeah. in a facility here. Yeah. We would cut back on the fertilizer for at least, a, you know, just to see what was happening, you know, because we all have good soils and we have it to where we could farm on less for a year or two to see what things were coming because nobody needs to spend overly on their fertility program when you think something's coming down the line to put concrete on it. Yeah, so that's a biggie right there is that you keep that line of communication open. You're not yeah. trying to mine no, their farm, no. but you also, there's no reason to go out here and try and build something up if it's going to be uh, a convenience store. That's right. That's exactly right. You know, we're not trying to, you know, we're, we're stewards of the land, but, you know, we also have to be efficient with our farm. And you've got to make a living and, and, right. and, and making sure the fertility is built up for a, for a Circle K uh, or a, yeah. a landing strip isn't going to make not any sense. We'll, we'll grow up some good grass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that's it for uh, farming in the path of progress lessons uh, and uh, examples of what happens when your farming operation is impacted by commercial development, when encroachment comes in from urbi- urban and suburban uh, development. Uh, any last words before we hang it up here? Oh, good luck. Good, good luck, luck to everybody. Till next time, it's Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you invest a few minutes and we'll save you days, weeks, months from uh, their experience that you can apply to your operation. Till next time, he's Chad Henderson. I'm Damian Mason. Thank you for tuning in to Cutting the Curve. Could your farming operation benefit from better drainage, lower costs, and increased yields? Advanced drainage systems can help. From drainage solutions to irrigation and water recycling, 
At ADS, their reason is water.